Well, with another week, it brings us to Inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Subalera, excited to be here with you once again. And this episode of the Inside EMS podcast is sponsored by ECHO. Core stethoscope technology by ECHO helps EMS providers make confident split-second decisions in the most challenging environments by enhancing stethoscope sounds. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E-K-O Health. Dot com and here is a dot com man himself my good friend kelly grayson kg how are you doing this week uh, i'm i'm better i'm i've got some some medical news that that's heartening oh that's right go ahead so we're talking yeah. about your cervical blah 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 give yeah the, man give us the latest well, skinny with kelly grayson well the uh i've been given the option of having uh uh, arthroplasty, which is a replacement of a uh, replacement of the offending uh, cervical disc, rather than a microdiscectomy and, and fusion. Uh, the doctor gave me the choice of, well, we can give you a microdiscectomy and fusion, in which case uh, it will be the end of your EMS career because I'm never going to certify you to move over 50 pounds, or we can give you this this uh, replacement artificial disc and uh you'll have no restrictions and only six weeks of recovery time uh which do you want like well (laughs) that's an easy choice to make so i'll be i'll be going under the knife on november the second and and uh uh, in the interim gonna be apparently teaching a lot of classes Uh, but uh that's that's where we're at i'm i'm ready for some symptom relief brother i'm tired of popping pills to feel marginal yeah. So I was going to, uh, you know, since we are so close, we've been together for so many years. Yeah. I was going to uh, offer one of my vertebrae for you. I was going to give you C five. So well, I mean, but but what I've, uh, how are you going to do that when you have no spine anyway? Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, see, you open the door. I got to walk through it, man. I'm yeah, honor bound I mean, to walk through it as as a bro. I'm thinking of a swear word right now. You can yeah. pick which one it is. So as as a bro, when you when you make an opening like that, I have to walk through it. That's just oh broken. my gosh. Oh my gosh. But, but uh let us let us know how you're doing, man. So we'll uh, it, it's good to know that they're gonna be able to help you and uh, you're gonna be able to move on. But Kelly. Yeah, I I heard uh through the grapevine that you won an award this week, brother. Well, I I was recognized uh, to this week, of course, is the EMS Expo, which finishes up today. And we, uh, I was in Atlanta, had the opportunity to see a lot of great friends. Uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, a couple, uh, be part of a couple of the NAMT meetings. And I was recognized by the president of NAMT for the uh, Presidential Leadership Award for the work that I, as well as the committee did on a new program that's gonna be coming from NEMT uh, called the Lighthouse Leadership Program. And this is actually, Kelly, this is actually a vision of Jim Page that when he was uh, around, he wanted to start a mentorship program for people who were coming behind us in EMS. And the the Lighthouse Leadership program is going to be fulfilling that vision of Jim Page. And what we are going to do is, uh, is myself, along with other great leaders, uh, Steve Wirth, Juan Car- uh, Cordona, Baxter Larman, 
Dave Edgar, uh, McCara Trusty, Ron Duckworth. I mean, some of the great names that mm-hmm. are in EMS. That's a murderer's row right there. And, you know, a few more. And um, But we're going, we developed a program that will be um, uh, 18 months long. We're going to bring mentors into the program. We're going to look for mentees to pair them with. And then they're going to, going to go through 18 months of a mentor-mentee relationship as we work towards a vision, as we work towards goals, and as we work towards transitioning them to their next level of success. And I was excited to be part of that program. We developed the program in eight months so we can have it ready for EMS Expo. And Bruce Evans, the president of NEMT, who's been on this show uh, with us before, actually helped me guest host a couple shows back. Uh, recognized the work of the committee. So it necessarily necessarily wasn't me getting an award, but it was the committee who did the work. And it was a nice honor. It was great to be recognized uh, by the association. And um, But this really is about the people who are coming behind us. And I am more honored to, be able to have been part of developing that program than uh, being, you know, getting an award. But thank you for mentioning that. But Kelly, you know, I do want to talk about something that uh, happened, which was very, very interesting at the conference. I had a conversation with a friend, with a peer, and I won't name them, but, uh, you know, she will know uh, who she is when she listens to the show because she is a fan of the show. So the conversation started off by a hospital in her state has released 1,400 nurses system-wide for not taking their COVID shot. And this led to a very, very heated discussion. Um, You know, it got the ire up of uh, both of us that uh, we took different positions. And from what I understand, you and I have different positions on Mm -hmm. this as well. So let me tell you, uh, the conversation and you and I need to take this up because I am not a believer that these nurses should have been terminated for not taking the shot. And what's your position on that, my friend? Uh, I believe it's, it's perfectly appropriate for the nurses to be terminated for not taking shot. Are you surprised? I am a little surprised, man, because I disagree with that. And I'd love to be able to get into this discussion with you. So, I mean, even before we start the the pros and the cons of each other's position, I would assume then, based on your opinion, that if EMS agencies move this into a mandatory and paramedics refused to take the shot, that you would be in favor of terminating them as well. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I would be. Okay, so I, I, I want to hear your position, but let me give you mine first. Okay, go ahead. So now we have nurses and maybe paramedics that have been doing a job for 18 months in conditions that were uh, deadly. Mm-hmm. And we allowed them to do this job and we begged them to do this job and we asked them to do extra shifts and we asked them to be part of this solution and we praise them for the work that they did now only that we have a shot and the efficacy of the shot comes into 
question. Now, I am a believer in the shot. I am a believer that the shot is safe. I encourage people to get the shot. But I don't know that I'm in a position to say, if you don't want it, you should be terminated. Because they are being careful. Some of those nurses got COVID. Some of those nurses died from COVID. And they are now in a position to keep themselves, uh, they need to keep themselves as healthy as they can be to still do their job. And I just don't think that if they say no, because of whatever belief they have, it should cost them the work that they were doing for 18 months prior to the shot being available. I'll give you your turn. And then I'm sure well, we'll have a lively discussion. Yeah. Well, here's here's my issue with it. Um, those nurses, or uh, uh, hypothetically, could be EMS providers if it were another agency. Nurses, well, don't EMS say, providers, whoever. Don't uh, say hypothetically because it may it may yeah, happen. Yeah, it may happen, but but that the contract between you and your employer is entirely different than the relationship between the United States government and its citizens. Okay, and I would oppose vehemently and do oppose vehemently mandatory evac- uh, inoculation uh, by the government. Okay, not because I think that the the virus is dangerous or that the vaccine is dangerous or anything like that, but simply as a political position and political philosophy, I do not think that the government should be allowed to tell you what to do with your body. The government, however. Uh, the hospital they're working for, the ambulance agency you're working for is not the government. And you have already, all of us have already gone to work with a laundry list of inoculations uh, without which we would not be employed. You, your, 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 M, uh, your measles, mumps, and rubella, your tetanus, diphtheria, pertussis vaccine, your hepatitis A, uh, your hepatitis uh, B uh, vaccines. There is a long list of medication of of, uh, of communicable diseases for which we have been vaccinated, and that was a condition of employment. And right. and I find it really disingenuous that people suddenly throw up the uh, throw up the, the flag. Now this is your this is your line in the sand. Uh, you've submitted to all these other vaccines. Yet you you won't submit to the COVID vaccine, and and I don't think that the efficacy of the COVID vaccine is in question. I, I, I think agree. a lot of people I agree say with that. that. I, I think a lot that. of people say that it's in question, but it is not in question. A bunch All of right. yahoos believing crap on the internet, uh, and and you know Alex Jones or whatever. <laughs> but if you listen, if you read the science, there is no question that it is effective. Is it one hundred percent? No, but it is effective and it is safe. Okay. And I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm one who took that shot. But when you talk about hepatitis, when you talk about measles, mumps, rubella, when you talk about flu shots, and I do agree with you that we have an obligation from our employer that uh, there are some agencies, some hospital systems, and I worked in one of these hospital systems earlier in the 2000s, might have even been 1999, that yeah. came out and said, you cannot smoke and use any type of tobacco if you want to work in this facility. But here's the problem with what you just said when it comes to measles, mumps, rubella, hepatitis. These these shots came out 
with a lot more time and effort to make sure that they were uh, safe. Now, I'm one who believes the shot is safe. I've read the evidence. I've read the, you know, I followed it close with the FDA. I listened. I listened to the <laughs> CDC. I listened, yeah, I listened to the reports from the CDC and from the FDA, and I believe. But there are people who do not believe that this is that this is going to, that this is not going to hurt them in the long run. And, you know, we can't flip the coin and say that we're going to be safe from this vaccine. We, we really don't know. I mean, I, I believe that we are, but there, if there are people that have beliefs and you talk about social media and you talk about the news and you talk about politicians who are now pushing and saying the people that we should believe are pushing to say that this vaccine may have some efficacy issues. And now this was something that was developed relatively quickly for the masses under a condition when we had to develop something fast. Don't people have the right to say, I don't want to take it until I know more about it? Uh, um, they have that right when it's the government mandating it. I don't think they have that right when it's their employer. But, uh, simply so because the employer is not the, the, the employer and can, can, uh, impose restrictions on you that are part of your employment contract that are not the U S constitution. So there's and, no F there's nothing that's going to come into this play to say that we've let you do this. We've begged you to work all this time without it, but now you can't make the choice to say, I'm going to, it's worth the risk for me. I think that is a crappy situation. Um, and I, I don't think they said, you know, they, they've only been doing this. It's been going on for 18 months now, Chris. And, and the vaccine has only been available uh, for the last uh, year or so of it. Or, yeah, December, or, or I think December. The last, yeah. Okay. So, so the last less than a year uh, been available for, for 10 months now. Um, it, it takes a while to get vaccine uh, at, production and administration of the vaccine ramped up and it wasn't really ramped up until the earlier part of, of 2021 it's in April and May or, or March and April of, of 2021. Um, so it takes a while to get everyone vaccinated. Now we're at a point where if we're going to achieve herd immunity, we've got to get everyone else vaccinated and, and uh -huh. people who should know better are resisting. Why do they know better? Why do they the, know better? Uh, why don't they know better? Why, why do they, why they why, don't know better? Why do because they know better? The, they don't know better. That's the problem. They don't know better. They think they do, but they don't know better. Um, you know, they're, they, listening they talk to about doing, they're listening to people who are not reliable sources. If you're so listening hard. to, you know, your social media feed is not, <laughs> is not, I'm going to repeat it one more time, is not a reliable source. It is a carefully curated uh, um, bunch of information uh, that is fed by an algorithm to enforce your cognitive biases. I agree. And, I agree. And that, that is all it is. It, what it does is it reinforces what you already believe. It, 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 pick, it cherry picks information that you will see in your feed uh, to, to reinforce um, your, your, uh, biases. And that's, you that's know all what? it does. You cannot rely on that. You cannot rely on, on the news either. Simply what about our politicians? What about our politicians? You can't rely on a single politician. 
But you know what? You there can't. are people that follow, even the ones I voted people, for. There are people who follow these politicians and they do things that they shouldn't do. But let me ask you this question. I mean, so well, they follow uh, these politicians, and, and a lot of people like myself really distrust politicians. But but there's things that are not politics that demonstrate the efficacy of these vaccines. Well, hang and on, it's out there and it's easily accessible. Let's Go talk ahead. about it because you're the, you're the closest thing I have to saying that you're wrong. So you're wrong. And, <laughs> but uh, let, let's talk about this. So I'm a nurse and I work in a hospital that I've worked in for the past 20 years, let's say, and I'm a good employee. I've been a good employee. I've done everything that was asked of me, but you know what, for this, uh, for this, uh, you know, um, shot, I, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the harm in me not having this shot? I, Personally, it- if if they have uh, if they have um, uh, protected themselves adequately thus far and haven't caught COVID, I don't think there's a major harm in in not having the shot. The problem. So why is, force is, me? Is, why force me to do it? Well, uh, do you? <laughs> you can't say to your boss, "You're not the boss of me." That's not the way it works. But you're, you're going you to, but let's talk about, let's talk about. You can't tell your boss, you're not the boss of me. Yeah, you are. I'm the one that, that, that sets the policies for this, this institution. And I sign your paychecks. Yes, I am the boss of you. I'm sorry. But, that's, that's the way it what works is, at a job. What is the harm? What is the harm in me not taking the shot? Am I going to give uh, COVID to somebody else? I don't know. Well, I think there is, there is some, uh, harm, however small in anybody not getting the vaccine when they should. Okay. So here's the thing. So if I I get the shot, Kelly, I've got the shot, I've got the shot and you got the shot. Mm -hmm. Can I still give you COVID? Uh, yes, Yes, but not nearly, but not nearly as, uh, the, the symptoms are not nearly as severe. You're far less likely to be hospitalized and so on and so on. And, and, and by the way, this is not necessarily a, a anomaly limited to the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, All vaccines work. All vaccines work this way. Somewhat. There are breakthrough cases, uh, in people who are vaccinated with virtually every vaccine you take. Okay. Am I not able to have this to take the risk myself to not get COVID? Well, if I you, want to you, say I'm not going to take the shot, uh, th- am I not allowed to take that risk? You, to are, say- you are absolutely free. You are absolutely free to not take that shot. You are also free to go seek employment elsewhere. But what you have now <laughs> is up until this last 18 months, I was okay to do it without the shot when we there was no shot, but now that there is, you're going to force me to do it. But let's go ahead and take well, our you know, quick- and it and it's a crappy situation. But and, but but people leave jobs all the all around for that for that sort of thing. They found out that the place they were working for is not the place they thought they were working for, uh, and their values don't jive up, and they and they seek employment elsewhere. And let's talk about the nursing shortage, and let's talk about the paramedic shortage when we come back from the break. But let's go ahead and do our mid show read. Core stethoscope technology by Echo with active noise cancellation and up to 40 times amplification helps EMS providers assess hard to hear, heart, lung, and other body sounds and even the loudest situations. I've tested the Echo Core technology. I use an Echo Core Littman stethoscope every day, and I can tell you that it is a game changer. It will help you hear things that you didn't think were possible to hear, and you will love it if you try it. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E-K-O-Health.com and use code EMS1 for $20 off. 
So one of the classes or one of the meetings I went to, Kelly, was they had a panel of folks that represented EMS. Uh, these were folks that were in federal positions, that were in state positions, mm -hmm. that were in leadership roles. And the discussion of this um, um, session was about the EMS workforce mm -hmm. and how we are not keeping, retaining, or being able to recruit enough of the workforce to meet the mission of EMS. Yeah. Yeah. And that this is a true issue around the country, right? And some of the sightings for this, Kelly, is that there are places like um, uh, furniture stores and Home Depots and who are paying more starting salary than EMS. And they're able to go and they may not have to work every weekend. They may not have to work holidays. They don't have to worry about the stress of catching COVID. They don't have to uh, worry about, um, you know, being on an ambulance and getting late calls and all the things. And we are losing providers mm -hmm. to non-healthcare uh, positions. So the shortage of paramedics and EMTs are going to cause EMS leaders to make different decisions on how systems are going to be run. This mm -hmm. is probably a topic that we want to take up for a future show. But yeah. nursing is the same position, right? Mm -hmm. Nursing is the challenge that they don't have the nurses they need to run the hospitals and deliver the care that needs to be given. So if we know that there's a shortage in EMS, if we know that there's a shortage in hospitals, why are we going to let these providers go because they won't take a shot. I think that this is short-sightedness because when we needed them, we allowed them to do it, but now we're not making provisions for the people who don't want to take the shot to stay employed. And we're yeah. going to create, let, let's not even talk about this from the standpoint of right, wrong, or indifference. We are in a shortage of personnel and we're creating an unsafe environment by releasing 1,400 nurses and soon to be, it's going to have to happen, soon to be EMS agencies that are mandating this that will have to release EMS providers. And to be honest with you, just between you, me, and the fence post, I think that's why EMS hasn't done it yet because they would have to release some of these, you know, these high priority employees that we don't have. And, and it's just not right. And there has to be another answer to it. Well, you know, it, it's just not right. I, I disagree. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I do think it's a sad situation that, that uh, healthcare providers are being fired because of their decisions over the COVID shot. But, but I've, I've lived for years now with a woman who says, if you can't get buy-in, any initiative is going to fail. And what they've done with these nurses or EMTs who have refused the COVID vaccine is they haven't gotten buy-in. Uh, what they've done on a, on a grand scale uh, in our country is they haven't gotten buy-in on the, the COVID shot because the message has been muddled or the message was flawed to begin with and it was delivered inexpertly, but, but that's the way it goes. But let's, Chris, let's not make this bigger than it is because what you're talking about is a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction 
of all nurses in the United States. And when you hear these stories uh, about uh, EMTs refusing to get it, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of EMS workers. You just think that it is more than it actually is because your social media feeds feed you information that they think you want to hear. You like one story about uh, um, healthcare workers being fired uh, about uh, for not getting the COVID vaccine and boom, in your feed the next day, you've got a bunch more stories of similar bent. Uh, in the same reason, if we, you know you or I talk about boobs in this podcast, uh, my next time I get on social media, it's going to be a bunch of boobs enhancement stuff or or dating site pictures of women with huge boobs. It's it's pretty insidious um, what we do, but it's really not that many nurses. And, and I think, I think it's a shame that, that, but regardless, man, regardless of the number, it's still I, the posi- I, regardless of the okay. and you had your time. So regardless of the number, man, it's still about the it's still about the right to say this is something that's so new. You know, Kelly, there are studies out there and I tried to find it for the show. I read it uh, and and I don't I don't I can't speak to where it came from right now because I read it very, very quickly. That's saying that there is going that people are starting to have cognitive difficulties secondary to taking the shot now i don't know that i believe i don't know that i I think they have cognitive difficulties in the first place and that's one of the reasons so many people are against it and so many people are for it and so on maybe but maybe people are not thinking on both sides well let me finish my people are not thinking i'm sorry go ahead i know let me finish my thought so uh, but do we really know what happens five years from now do we really know that this shot that i've been given uh, isn't isn't going to cause some issues for me down the road. You know what? Here's here was my flip of the coin. I didn't care. I wanted to be able to get the shot, and I was willing to gamble on whatever happened. I believed in it. I'm a healthcare provider. I went ahead and said I'm going to do it. But I remember in my career, I had employees that refused to take the flu shot. And if I'm not mistaken, she may have been the only employee in an organization of 2,500 that refused to take the flu shot. Mm -hmm. And there was talk of terminating her. And I defended the fact of her right to say, I'm willing to take the risk. Now, just like I'm willing to take the risk that nothing's going to happen to me two and three and five years down the road from a vaccine that was put together as quickly as it could to save people, I think that there are people out there that have the right to say, I'm not willing to take that risk. Now, if that's the case, and we've already let them do the job before they took this shot, why can't we let them do this job from this point forward? Now, think about this. And I'm going to say this, uh, but I want to continue my thought because I wanted to pop this in. I think if you're going to come to my hospital and you're going to seek my care, that you should get the shot before we do that. You as the patient, you, sh- you have to get that shot before I treat you. But let's let's save that for a, a little bit later in this discussion. So here's oh. what happens. Here's what, no, okay. uh, I'm not done. So here's what happens. I don't take the shot and I'm a nurse. I'm going to come mm-hmm. in the next day. I'm going to wear my gloves. I'm going to wear my respirator. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to wear my papper, whatever it is. And I'm going to deliver the best care possible. I am taking the risk that I am going to get COVID. 
I am going to die. I am going to bring that disease home to my family and they're going to die. That's my risk. I'm willing to take that risk. Now, does that mean that I can give COVID to a patient who comes in that has COVID that didn't take the shot and they can die? You know what? That's their risk because they don't want to take the shot. And I think that if I have the shot, I can give you COVID too. Now, it's not going to be as severe as we know, but I could still Mm -hmm. give you COVID. But if I'm willing to go to the hospital without, as a patient, without taking a shot and risk dying, and we know that there are people, Kelly, who aren't going to the hospital because they don't want to get the virus, it's, it's, it's it's my choice to do that. And I think that, again, my position is we ask these people to do it for so long And now we're saying, oh, now it's not good enough. And I said, I even made this comment to my friend where I said, we're we're sitting here eating lunch. You're not wearing a mask. Could you get COVID? We don't know that this lady who's serving us has gotten the shot. You can get COVID from her. What do you want to say about that? So it's it's the point of just because it's there and just because it was rushed and I don't feel comfortable with it, I shouldn't be forced to take it if I choose not to. Well, I'm going to do something that's totally unexpected, Chris. I'm going to give you a pat on the back uh, for for taking a principled stand for your employee who wouldn't take the flu shot. Uh, I, I think that's admirable, and I think that a lot of uh, of uh, leaders in EMS and healthcare uh, wouldn't have been as courageous as you in standing up for your employee. And and I have no problem expressing admiration and agreeing with you for taking a stand like that for your employee's individual rights and trying to see the situation from her uh, perspective. But at the same time, I can't say that another agency or another employer or another leader would be wrong in firing an employee who refused to take the shot there. And, and that, that those two views are not mutually incompatible. Um, I wish that more people had the, the, uh, moral courage to, to stand up and say, you know, I wish, uh, I don't agree with you. Uh, I don't think that your concerns are valid, but they are your concerns and I support you in that. And, and I'm not going to ignore your concerns. And if you're willing to take the risk, stay on, uh, if only more people took the, uh, had that kind of attitude, um, Number one, there wouldn't be as many nurses or EMTs getting fired. And B, there wouldn't be as many nurses or EMTs refusing the shot. And this is, this is why. When, when, you sit, when you have a leader like that, uh, an employer, uh, a, a supervisor like that, who is obvious that has your best interest at heart, um, that kind of thing changes minds and attitudes. It changes minds and attitudes. And, and people who were intransigent and, and obdurate about, uh, uh, about their positions will soften. And sometimes you change their minds that way. Um, uh, simply because you've demonstrated that you respect their beliefs and their value system and you care. Um, and, and I don't think that, uh, that mandating the vaccine is going to make people more in favor of getting it. They're just going to do it unwillingly if they do so. Uh, the problem is, 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 you can't, you know, that's a, that's a personal philosophy and leadership issue that we on the outside are not, uh, don't have the, the power, uh, don't have the right to make 
for uh, a hospital administration or an uh, EMS agency administration or anything else. Uh, it's part of their job contract. If they have agreed to be inoculated against uh, against the communicable diseases and a new communicable disease pops up and there's a vaccine for it, well, you know, that was part of their job condition. Uh, if they don't like it or if they think it was a, a condition imposed after the fact, they're, they're free to, to complain to the Labor Relations Board and take it to arbitration or court. But that's, you know, that's their issue. Uh, I'll use, for example, you know, there are nuances to this. Um, the, the Guardian, Guardian's vaccine uh, against hepatitis uh, or against uh, human papillomavirus. Uh, there was much talk about that years ago uh, being made mandatory. Um, and I oppose that for one reason. Um, you can't contract human papillomavirus without intimate contact. And, and even though that vaccine could probably end 80% of the uterine cancer cases in, in this country, um, widespread vaccination of, of uh, adolescent girls and, and boys uh, uh, for a, a, a illness that is primarily transmitted through sexual contact is just not right. You know, it's not like you can't just brush up against somebody at a bus stop and get HPV. Uh, you have to do a little more intimate uh, contact than that. So mandating a vaccine like that for, for a disease that is spread through intimate contact, uh, by and large, I, I disagreed with. But this is, COVID is not spread that way. COVID is spread casually, and it can spread from, from people uh, near each other in crowded rooms. And we have a vaccine for it. And, and when you talk about you don't know what the efficacy is and you, you have questions about the safety, uh, I, saw an, an, <laughs> I saw an excellent meme the other day, and I, it's rare for me to say this, but an it illustrates. An excellent, an excellent meme on social media? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, it, it, okay. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's rare for me to say this, but it illustrates the point very well. You know, you probably have an iPhone 13. Um, uh, don't use that iPhone 13 because the first iPhone took billions of years to develop. And the last iPhone 13 was the, the current version was created in only a year. We don't know enough about how it was, how it was made to know that it's safe. That's, that's how silly that sounds. We, we simply have technology now, this CRISPR technology uh, that allows us to simply more or less cut and paste. That's a gross oversimplification, but we can cut and paste genetic code uh, to help develop these mRNA vaccines um, and, and make the process what was once a long, arduous, years-long process. It can be done in uh, months. Oh that, is, that is scientific yeah. progress, dude. Whatever, man. There's nothing sound... wrong with it, and it was, it was thoroughly tested. So let me Millions give you my... of people now. Let me give you my final thought here. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I, 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 your decision. I just, I do want to say that I believe in the shot. I encourage people to get the shot. Um, but really, if it comes down to you not wanting to do it, I don't care. It makes no difference to me one bit. From a leadership standpoint, if we're going to say, and if we're not going to think about our workforce and say, you know what, I'm the boss and I'm telling you that you have to do this you deserve not to have employees in your organization because we need to be able to take the workforce at their concern in something that's new. I mean, the, the iPhone 13 thing is funny. I saw the same meme. 
Um, but this, this is not, I mean, we had some great scientists work on this and they mm -hmm. failed until I got it right. And then they said, I think it's okay. Let's give it a go. And then the FDA said, we're going to give it uh, emergency approval and we're going to look at this a little bit more. But from a leadership standpoint, if I'm not willing to take my employees and allow them to take the risk of getting a disease um, that could kill them or that could kill their family, you know what, man, sometimes I may need to lax that rule just to say, let's see what happens. Um, because we said, let's see what happens on all the days before a shot was available. But that's my final mm -hmm. thought. But I will, I will say, I believe in the shot. I believe in the FDA. I believe in the CDC. I my I encourage my my family to get it. My daughter got COVID. She didn't get the shot. When I told her that she needed to get it, you know, she gave me the you know her reasons. But after she got mm -hmm. COVID, you know what she did? She got the shot when she was able to get it. And Damn. a lot of the people who have gotten COVID got the shot. So, but again, I, I think from a leadership standpoint, we're being short sighted. Um, I think that we can keep everybody as safe as they need to keep. It's going to be on them um, because I can give a patient COVID whether I got the shot or not. Um, but my final thought is we just need to be able to loosen up a little bit. We need to be able to back off the organizational policies until we know more um, and to really take it a, a day by day, month by month type of thing rather than mandate it to say, let's see what happens. Um, and I disagree with that. But uh, I'd be happy to hear your final thought. Um, and I'm not going to talk during it. And then uh, we'll close the show and see what the repercussions right. are. Well, my final thought is, you know, there are precious few leaders in healthcare, and there are a whole lot of bosses. And a boss does something like tells you, uh, get the shot or you're fired. Uh, a leader approaches the situation with more nuance, uh, and, and they're willing to accept opposing views. A leader does what you did. Okay. Um, but not our problem. If some people in healthcare work for bosses and the rest of them work for leaders, uh, uh, you're going to find some agencies that are going to mandate the shot. We can't tell them how to run their business. Uh, if, if that's the relationship with their employees that they have, that if that's the way they want to handle things, that's the way they want to handle things. I'll, I'll tell those nurses the same thing I would tell any EMT that gets fired by a boss for doing something he believes was right. Dude, now you have the power to vote with your feet and go to an agency that appreciates you. Okay. I do not think that it's, it's on us to tell other agencies how they, they handle their business. And, and it's within the boss's right to fire you if you don't have that vaccine. Uh, do I think it's right? Nope. Do I, do I think that, that we should mandate the vaccine nationally? No, I do not. I don't think the government should have that power over us. However, um, on a smaller scale, it's, it's just like the, the freedom of speech. You know, um, the, the government says that you have the ability to speak your mind. Uh, the government does not shield you from the consequences of those actions. At least it shields you from, from retaliation and consequences from the government. But other people uh, who may not like what you said, like your, your employer, uh, can take issue with it and, and you don't have a thing to, to a ground to stand on if they, if they choose to fire you. But, hey, that's what I think. We'd like to hear what you think. 
this is a touchy topic. Uh, it's bound to engender a lot of passionate uh, um, positions, and we'd like to hear yours. Email us at the show at ems1.com. Tell us how you feel about the issue. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Cevallero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. You guys be safe, and we'll see y'all next week.